if I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Hour number two here on a terrific Tuesday. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. Uh, great to welcome in our friends at Stadium right now. Stadium will simulcast us for the next two hours. So if you're watching us, uh, we got so much to do. We've got to make all of our heads spin. Trade deadline day in the National Football League. James Harden gets traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. We got a handicap week nine in the NFL. We'll talk Heisman Trophy as we move along. And we will, of course, give you all our bets for tonight as well. Uh, we did a lot on Harden in the first hour of the show. Coming up later in the show, we'll talk about Tyrese Maxey and like that maybe him in some award markets, mo- uh, most improved player. So we still have stuff to do as it regards James Harden getting traded to the Clippers. But if you want Ken Barkley's full breakdown, and it was hashtag fiery, it was good stuff, check it out in podcast form. We'll be up shortly. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, we'll get to... The Raiders and the Giants, the Eagles and the Cowboys, the Bengals and the Bills, the Chargers and the Jets coming up in a little bit. Greg Rosenthal from NFL Media joining us next hour. Drew Densick from NBC Sports joining us next hour, talking the National Football League and the NBA. But uh, pencils down, hands up. Uh, trade nice. deadline over in the yes. <laughs> Trade deadline day. Uh, has come to an end here in the National Football League. So we'll, we'll wait to see if anything kind of like sneaks in. Um, basically as time expires, if we get any more trades in the NFL, um, we'll, we'll see. But for now, it looks like, Ken, the headlines are going to be Chase Young going to the San Francisco 49ers for a third-round pick, Montez Sweat going from Washington to the Chicago Bears for a second-round pick, and Minnesota, in the wake of losing quarterback Kirk Cousins for the season to a torn Achilles, trading for one-time Arizona Cardinals starting quarterback Josh Dobbs. Uh, now it looks like Clayton Toon will be Arizona's quarterback coming up uh, against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Kyler Murray likely to be the backup quarterback. They'll have, they'll have to have a quarter, any other quarterback on the roster. So it looks like Kyler will be active, and Kyler will not be dealt, obviously, before the deadline. So, Sweat to Chicago, Dobbs to Minnesota, Chase Young to San Francisco. You touched a little bit on Chase Young, comeback player of the year, that market moving. Um, let, let, let's hit on it here. Ken, dealer's choice. From what we've seen at the NFL trade deadline, uh, what's tickling your fancy at this moment? Well, for first, why don't we just do uh, like the quarterback moves that impact the games this weekend, right? Because again, like sports talk, that's one thing. Actually betting on stuff, much different. And like there there were moves that were made that potentially impact games taking place this weekend, right? So we know Arizona, that Josh Dobbs won't be the starting quarterback anymore. We talked about this yesterday, that uh, Jonathan Gannon came out and said it was going to be Clayton Toon or Kyler Murray. Market moved in a way that seemed more likely to be Toon, honestly. Cleveland with P.J. Walker, maybe is holding as an eight point favorite in that game. So again, like right when all these things get announced, you, like your first thought is like, all right, what's act, what markets are actually affected by this? Cause there's some moves that are really interesting, but you just go look like, like Montez sweat to the bears and ain't moving markets. Like that's not, even though it's an interesting trade. So my first thought is always just going to be like, all right, like what's impacted by this? The Browns remain an eight point favorite against Arizona. So that's thing number one. And then I, honestly, I think the, the more interesting one, just because we, we have such little clarity on it and because it really could go one way or the other, I know we were talking about this before the show. Are the Vikings definitely starting Jaron Hall from BYU at quarterback this weekend against Atlanta? Uh, So they make the trade for Josh Dobbs. We'd seen previously, like the Rams got Baker Mayfield. They sent him a copy of the playbook for the flight on the way to a game where they played the Raiders, and he ended up starting in the game, and they actually beat the Raiders in that game. Not that that's like how it's always going to go, but just, you know, 
Kevin O'Connell says, all right, like, yeah, Jaron Hall, like likely to be the starter, but I don't think we're done. I think it's more like he's likely to be the starter because we don't know if Josh Dobbs can be ready in time. And if Josh Dobbs is going to be ready in time, maybe he starts the game against Atlanta. And that's a really important game. Like, honestly, that game, when we get to the end of the year, is probably for the seven seed in the playoffs when you just kind of look at what's going to happen with the rest of the standings. The Saints are probably a little more likely to win the NFC South than the Falcons are. So then you got your four division winners locked in and they can be whoever you want. The idea being the two wildcard teams we know would be either Philly or Dallas gets one wildcard spot, either San Francisco or Seattle gets the other wildcard spot. And there's one spot open and a bunch of bad teams that think they can get that spot. And of the bad teams, the two at the top of the heap are these two. And so this game is actually really important in terms of the standings. Who's going to start for the Vikings at quarterback? The market uh, initially when Dobbs was traded, this was so funny to watch this happen. Dobbs gets traded to the Vikings and the market on the Atlanta, Minnesota game drops. Minnesota gets bet because I like, oh maybe Dobbs is going to be ready by Sunday. Like that's a lot better than Jaron Hall. So it was five, four and a half, couple fours. Then O'Connell's like, actually, Jaron Hall is likely to be the starter. And we go back up again, <laughs> four, four and a half, five, couple five and a halfs on the board. No one knows. This isn't like Vegas knows. Nobody knows. We're going by the publicly available reports. So I think just those two games. Definitely Clayton Tune for the Cardinals. Seems like it. And then Jaron Hall for the Vikings, question mark. Uh, just based on the trades today, like those are the two games that are impacted, I'd say the most. Uh, the quote is the Vikings are preparing Jaron Hall to start in this game. I bet they are. My, yeah. my senses is that if they feel like Dobbs is even, like, semi-competent, I think Josh Dobbs is going to start for the Vikings. Um, and it's like, it, it doesn't matter for a betting conversation for this weekend. I think it's a pretty brilliant, like, stopgap trade for Minnesota, where if things kind of go poorly and, like, they're they're losing games with Dobbs, just bench him and play Jaron Hall and, like, lose out and, like, try, try to tank for, like, a better draft pick. Or... Maybe, like, Josh Dobbs is good, and maybe they get the seven seed. And, like, I think they kind of owe it to the players in the locker room after winning three straight games and losing Cousins to kind of see this out. Also worth noting, not for this week, but as we kind of project this forward, what this is going to look like, Ken, the race for the seven seed at the bottom of the NFC, it was kind of, like, snuck into, like, one of the videos tweeted by uh, by NFL Media's Ian Rappaport today, where it's a video kind of about, like, the Josh Dobbs trade, and he says in the video, Justin Jefferson's going to be back sooner rather than later. And I was like, that, that to me was the most interesting thing in that video because when Jefferson first gets hurt, it's okay. Like Minnesota season may be spiraling down the drain here. Jefferson didn't get the contract extension he wanted. Kind of like what's the impetus for Jefferson to kind of rush back from this injury, risk re-aggravation of the injury. But now like if they're if they're in the thick of the playoff hunt, like I, I actually think like he, and, and, and Rappaport's saying it, right? That he's going to be back sooner rather than later, making this, like you said, Ken, to your point, a really high leverage game coming up on Sunday um, in Atlanta. I, I think it's almost certainly going to be Taylor Heineke going for the Falcons. Arthur Smith kicked the can down the road yesterday saying, oh, yeah, we'll talk about it later in the week. To me, that means he's making a change. We also talked about this yesterday. He hashtag benched Desmond Ritter on Sunday despite what anybody says. I think this is going to be Heineke. Maybe like 51% Jaron Hall, 49% Josh Dobbs. It would not okay. surprise me if it's Dobbs. Where do we sure. stand right now, Ken, with the market in this game for the Vikings and the Falcons coming up on Sunday? So as I mentioned, Dobbs gets uh, traded. There's an initial uh, bullishness on the Vikings because they potentially acquire a quarterback who's much better than Jaron Hall. We haven't seen Jaron Hall play a lot, but like, you know, average expectation, you know, Josh Dobbs is going to be a little bit better, at least this week. And uh, and then once it's like, oh, actually, we're preparing Jaron Hall to start, then the market kind of goes back up again. So the consensus price right now on the Falcons 
is basically uh, that they are a five point favorite. MGM is five and a half, but juice toward Minnesota. Five is really like a dead number. Like you can have four and a half and five and a half at two different books at the same time. And that's not bizarre. That's just actually kind of like fine because all, all that could happen is someone would bet both sides hoping the game landed five which by the way happens like almost none of the time so it's okay for those two numbers to exist we're really just like in the dead zone between four and six on the game and i think that's where we're going to stay for a little bit curious if arthur smith announces heineke what happens is there a bump at all remember we're already at a pretty high number right now and when it's confirmed who the Vikings starting quarterback is like o'connell says it's jaron hall dobbs isn't ready what happened what happens then right because it's like now you got like not you know how do i want to describe jaron hall like not you know not a, a a top 10 pick type talent rookie quarterback on the road in his first start doesn't mean he can't be great just the market is not going to expect that and the market's going to expect him to be bad and so do you get even more movement toward atlanta that that's probably the interesting part of this game for now it's worth noting uh the total in the game opened low, like opened 38, 37 and a half. Obviously, some of these scoring games this year have been brutal. And totals have really moved a lot so far. It's not like a half point with all this kind of swirling uncertainty. Already a pretty low number. Obviously, indoors won't be one of the games impacted by weather like some will be this weekend. So, yeah, I think both side and total are very much in flux in this game. And the trade deadline, rather than like answer the questions for us, I think it actually made the game much more interesting. You better, you better. Here with Nick and Ken. Terrific Tuesday. Talking trade deadline in the National Football League. It doesn't look like we saw any trade sneaking at the buzzer. We'll let you know if any, if anything has happened. But I think we hit you with all the big ones. We just talked about Dobbs to Minnesota. Let's talk about the two Washington trades now. Yeah. How it impacts the market for the game coming up on Sunday on the road at the oh, Patriots. Yeah. And if it kind of like, does it make you like kind of feel differently about the Commanders uh, over the course of the rest of the season? So, you know. Fox Sports NFL insider Jay Glazer saying on the NFL on Fox on Sunday morning that Washington likely to trade at least one of their three stud defensive linemen with Montez Sweat, Chase Young, and Jonathan Allen. Well, at least turned out to be pretty prescient because they traded two of them. Chase Young goes to the San Francisco 49ers. Montez Sweat goes to the Chicago Bears. And not that we needed anyone to say this, but they did say it. And it's obvious Uh, that ownership was heavily involved here. The commanders obviously have a new owner in Josh Harris replacing Dan Snyder, and they're trying to put their stamp on this football team, look to rebuild. I I think this kind of makes it really likely that Ron Rivera is kind of out the door, new coaching staff next year, and this is going to be like a full-scale rebuild. I don't think Howell is is like who Harris sees as the quarterback of the future, so I think we'll see a much, a vastly different Washington team uh, next year, and we could talk about like what Chase Young does for the Niners. I don't know if Montez Sweat really moves the needle for the Bears as far as I got from a betting perspective, Ken, but just in terms of Washington for this Sunday's game on the road at the Patriots, and then as you kind of conceptualize Washington over the course of the rest of the year where it is being described by Diana Rossini from The Athletic among others as everyone in like the building except for ownership wanted to keep these guys and see how this and play the season out and the ownership was the was what made the call to trade both of them uh what do we have here at the betting market for the commanders and patriots does it make you want to do anything and then how do you kind of like think about Washington over the course of the rest of the year uh depressingly because uh I obviously have like an overwind total bet on them and it's too bad too because it's so funny right you go back like four weeks ago you've been like oh like give me you know i have a lot of win total bets and some of them are doing fine but it's like oh give me two win total bets that you have but like four or five weeks ago or maybe like three four weeks ago and i would have said oh i got like uh, i got washington over six and a half oh, that's a pretty low number like they're they look pretty good like you you might be okay there. like you might be a 500 team this year uh give me one other so that one would be one that was looking good a few weeks ago they'd be like give me one other one you have I'd go well 
I got Niners under 11 and a half. Be like, well, you're dead. There's no way that's going to win. Like, they're such a they're such a good team. There's like no way you're going to get them. And now, like, oh, oh, how the tables have turned on those two bets where, yes, the Niners get Chase Young, but like they've also lost three games in a row and are very likely to finish with a record like 11 and five or something like that, which would go under an 11 and a half win total. And, uh, and now the commanders, you just look at the schedule and you read what you're reading about the team and look like yeah this is and the market's responding to the player's absence on sunday as well we'll do the game in a second just like yeah it, they're they're worse and like that's obvious like they're losing two of their higher value players at a premium position one of the few things that the team was actually good at and you've gutted that so they're going to be worse over the balance of the season i don't think that's breaking any news i also don't think there are any bets to make they do not strike me as a team who already have if three wins, right? Are they three and four right now? Three and five? What are they? Three and five? Something like that. Uh, yes. Three and five. Like, they already have three wins. This is sort of like with Minnesota, if they didn't make a trade for a quarterback, number one pick, which is like a market, obviously, available. like that seems out of the question. Just like three wins already is going to be a little tough. Arizona's got the inside track for that big time. Uh, multiple games ahead in that market. Carolina would be more likely to get the, to at least have the worst record. Um, and, and, you know, like, uh, you know, that's usually the way the market is framed is who's going to have the worst record. So you can't really bet that the updated win totals are going to be bottom of the barrel. You know, like they're going to be four and a half and five and a half as they keep losing games. You know, the cat's out of the bag. You're, you're not getting any value on under there. We already know that they traded the players. So I don't think there's an actionable thing like Washington the rest of the season. It just, again, like the seven seed was wide open. We just talked about Atlanta, Minnesota. This removes the team probably from contending for that seven seed and makes it more likely. Like you can't like Washington had three wins. They, they were just as live for the seven seed as anybody else. You remove them probably, which makes things more likely that Minnesota makes it as the seven seed or that Atlanta or New Orleans, whoever doesn't win the NFC South uh, makes it as the seven seed or the Rams. If Stafford's really going to play every single game and he's going to be okay, we'll see about that too. So it removes the contender for the playoffs. Maybe that makes the other teams more likely to make it. That's it for season long, just for the game really quick. What do you think happens? It's like it would be like if they got declared out with injuries, right? Sweat's not playing. Young's not playing. What do you think is going to happen? The Patriots were a three-point favorite. Now they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite everywhere. And I know that sounds, oh, a half point? Like, that's it? That's a really, really significant move with three being the most key number in the NFL. And we have low totals everywhere on the board. Like, that's that's big. And uh, I don't know if it makes me want to bet anything like right away, but I'll be curious if the narrative about Washington combined with the absences like drives this number out even further because like no one will now want Washington in the game with the perception of what's happening. And that would create maybe an interesting opportunity to bet them. I don't think we're there yet, but I think we could get there. Uh, I said on the show yesterday, I laid two and a half with the Patriots just trying to get ahead of a potential move. I, I think I'd be interested in middling three in this game with the Patriots and the Commanders. Uh, I guess like there's really like from the Bears' perspective, there's not much here. Great, they trade for Montez Sweat. More like an interesting like real life thing as opposed to like oh, does it make them like more likely to win games? Probably not this year as long as especially with Tyson Bajan starting. They're seven and a half on the road at New Orleans on Sunday. I'll say this: Joe Shane, Giants general manager, getting a second round pick for Leonard Williams and a future fifth with the compensation we saw today for Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Tip of the cap to you, Joe Shane. Hasn't been a great season for the Giants GM, but that that's a hell of a heist that Joe Shane got for Leonard Williams. On the other side, not trade-related, but we got news from the Titans-Steelers game on Thursday night. We'll talk about it next. You better you bet with Dick and Ken. Levis, that pump. Hopkins behind the defender, and he's got it. Third touchdown of the day, Levis to 
Hopkins for Tennessee. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. The great Beth Mullins with the call this past weekend. I, I like what you said yesterday, Ken, that uh, Will Levis was so good he made DeAndre Hopkins look like prime Randy Moss last week. And it's kind of true. Three touchdowns cost me a couple fantasy matchups. Here's DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, oh, Will Levis in his first start. How, how many points do you think he'll score in fantasy? Here's 30 right on your dome. Not great if you were going up against DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, so Will Levis will, will officially now start on Thursday night, Ken, for the Titans. Brian Tenhill out at least one more game and, like, should probably not play again for the Titans if Will Levis is going to look even, like, half half as good as he did this past Sunday in his first NFL start against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and it looks like Kenny Pickett will start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pickett addressing the news media today, saying that I am going to play in the game. ESPN's Adam Schefter quote-tweeting, like, the, the video of Pickett speaking to reporters, saying Thursday night, Levis versus Pickett. Not that that means it's 100%, but it seems like that's the direction we're heading in. So Will Levis starting for Tennessee, Kenny Pickett starting for the Steelers on Thursday night, Tennessee off a win, the Steelers off a loss to Jacksonville. Um, we talked about this yesterday, Ken, and we thought maybe it would be Mitch Trubisky right after Pickett leaves with a, with a rib injury. Now it looks like it'll be Pickett. We know it's Levis. Where do we stand right now in the betting market for Thursday night with the Titans and the Steelers, and does it make you want to do anything? Well, yeah, and we think we think it's not just Pickett, but it's definitely a less than 100% Pickett too, which puts it in that that really fun gray area handicapping zone of like, all right, like he's 80%. What is that worth? All right, he's 50%. What is that? This is the Mahomes flu thing almost all over again, except it's like a structural injury as opposed to a sickness. These are, it, they're just very, very tough things to figure out, honestly. Uh, the market, I would say moved like pretty predictably. I think anybody like could, you know, if you saw the market shaped Steelers, you know, open three, go to two and a half on reservations about about Pickett. Pickett says he's more likely to play again. Like, where do you think the market's going to go? It's going to go back up to three again with the idea that Pickett's probably going to start the game. And that's where we are right now. Steelers three-point favorites. The threes in most places are a little juice toward the Titans, but not a lot. And it's definitely not 2.75. Like, it's not, well, it's go somewhere else. You could find two and a half. It's not that. It's three everywhere, and it's just slightly juiced toward Tennessee. I don't think that's particularly crazy. Uh, the total has stayed very stationary because, again, like you're, you're going to put Pickett in the lineup. It's already a very low total in the game anyway. Nothing much is going to happen there. Does it make me want to do anything? Um, when, we talked, when we talked yesterday, I said this was like very – not even confusing. It was just like unfortunate Thursday game and a hurt quarterback for Pittsburgh because like full week and Pickett's healthy. I would have liked the Steelers a lot. Uh, we talked about that yesterday just with how each team came off their previous game, how I thought that could impact the market. Now, I think that's all thrown off by kind of the mystery about what Pickett's going to be in this game. So I think three, knowing as little as we know about Pickett's status, I think three is probably the right number in the game, for me at least. And uh, and it doesn't really make me want to bet anything, at least right now. I I think I might want to bet Tennessee. I, ha I haven't done it yet, but I feel, I feel like I would be more apt to bet Tennessee getting points in the spot with how good Levis looked on Sunday. Like and like you said, how is Pickett going to be even close to? I mean, they'll they'll shoot him up before the game. He'll get he'll get a painkilling injection, obviously. And I don't. I mean, I'm sure he'll be able to make it through the game. But I mean, he 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 ain't a hundred percent. Tennessee's defensive front is pretty fierce. And is Pickett going to be able to take advantage of this Titan secondary down the field? I'm not sure. So I'm I'm not saying I'm definitely going to bet Tennessee. I don't think I would bet Pittsburgh. So. No bets placed in this game. I, I think I kind of want to bet on Will Levis on Thursday. I might, I might bet the Titans to win the game. Um, so we'll see. Okay. Uh, anything else on this game, or do you want to uh, move on? 
No, I mean, just uh, like Levis being confirmed the starter, at least for one more week, obviously increases the likelihood he wins offensive rookie of the year. Not that he's going to win or he should be a favorite or any of that. But you obviously, if you're going to make that bet or you're going to consider him live to win the award, which I do, uh, you're going to need him to continue playing. He's continuing to play. Obviously, that gives you an in on him having a good statistical performance. And just to what you said about you know, the Titans defensive front and everything. Our handicap last week, this is one of the reasons I would have liked Pittsburgh full week picket playing. One of the reasons we liked Tennessee last week is that game was going to force, because the Titans are so bad in their pass defense, that was going to force Desmond Ritter to have to make, you know, explosive plays down the field. He just can't do that. So it was actually like a really a great matchup for Tennessee because the quarterback for the other team can't do the thing that is required to win the game. And the Steelers offense is brutal at times. I would just say like in a home game, like Ritter on the road, pick it at home. Who is more likely to generate explosive plays in the pass game? It's definitely pick it at home. Now it may not be by a lot. They're both like both offenses are terrible. Like it may not be picked by a lot, but it is a more advantageous setup to be fair to the Steelers in this game uh, to take advantage of what the Titans are bad at. Uh, so no no trades, by the way, snuck in at the buzzer. So we are done at the NFL trade deadline. Uh, just one note. And this will not impact like how we bet the Lions game by game or like I'm not going to bet the Lions to win the Super Bowl because of this trade. Just that I like this trade for Detroit. Um, They deal for uh, Brown, Speedster, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And I don't think this means that they're like admitting that they made a mistake with Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams can still like pull it out of the fire with his career, like for sure. Still like very early uh, hurt, you know, coming into his uh, coming into the National Football League at Alabama, you know, gambling suspension, obviously. So he's behind the eight ball. But early returns have, have not really been like that great. You know, had a, had a bad drop on Monday Night Football. Like he has shown flashes, had the long touchdown grab against the Bucks a couple weeks ago. But I think this is kind of like Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell hedging their bets a little bit on Jamison Williams where they need a field stretcher in the worst way on this offense. And if they can't rely on Jamison Williams, they want to be able to, and maybe they will be able to. Now they've at least got somebody that they can like at least have stretch the field, open things up underneath for Amon Ra open things up for Sam Laporta and for the ground game where David Montgomery will be back after the bye to go along with like the stud rookie running back Jameer Gibbs who was outstanding last night. So again, not really like a betting thing, just like it makes me like the Lions a little more. It gives them another out on their offense, right? If Jamison Williams is going to fall flat on his face, now you've got someone fast that can at least stretch the field, maybe make a couple big plays if, if, if they need him to. So I did like that trade on a real life level for the Detroit Lions. All right, you better you bet with Nick and Ken. Terrific football Tuesday. We're only 90 minutes into the show. Feels like we've done like three full yeah. shows already. I had a lot Talk about a lot here. of stuff. And, Absolutely. Uh, and still a lot to do. Greg Rosenthal joins us next hour. The whale capper Drew Dinsick joins us next hour. And all our bets for tonight coming up in the final hour of the show. Better known to you and yours, of course. You know, as the power hour. But we still have four more games to hit. And it's like four like really interesting games. And I, I think I'm going to have a bet on all of them. Coming up for week number nine in the National Football League, we finish our early handicap of week nine now with pen, pencil, blood, or blank. Jake, fade the music up. And Ken, let's talk about this Raiders-Giants game coming up on Sunday in Vegas. Uh, We talked about the Raiders game last night in the opening segment, losing by 12 and not covering the spread against the Detroit Lions. And for those of us who wanted the Raiders to hashtag free Devontae. Nope. He's still there, making tons making tons of money, but still in Las Vegas. The Raiders do not trade Devontae Adams. And as of right now, 
The Raiders two and a half point favorites against Big Blue. This was three and a half yesterday. Then it was three when the news came down that Daniel Jones was officially cleared for contact. Jones speaking to the media earlier today on Tuesday saying that he's going to play on Sunday barring a setback. Again, it feels like the betting market says that Daniel Jones is going to play, especially with Tyrod Taylor week to week. This is not a Tommy DeVito number, obviously. It's a Tommy DeVito, baby. Raiders two and a half. 37 and a half the total assuming that Daniel Jones is back we'll see the rest of the Giants injury report as the week moves along uh, pen pencil blood or blank Giants and Raiders uh, so with, with all these games and with the games we did yesterday I try to ask myself like all right um, you know what how has this team been rated previously uh, all right what do I kind of think their baseline expectation is this year did anything happen recently that is particularly extreme positive or negative and how is that impacted? More importantly, is that any of that stuff impacting the betting market for the game that we're about to talk about? And I am forced to conclude that I think what's going to happen here is the Giants are going to keep getting bet and keep getting bet. And I'm definitely going to bet the Raiders. Like there's, I mean, it just, you can't watch the game last night and see this market move. And to me, at least, just my opinion, I don't think you can see this market move and last night and think like, definitely definitely time to sell the Raiders there's so much left on the bone for that everybody watched the game the game got bet like Jones is playing like all of this stuff is public like is it I think you know not that the game I think is okay but the idea that like the the Raiders have closed as home favorites of at least this number or more against the Packers the Patriots and the Steelers and the Giants are worse than all three of those teams and like this is going to be the same number like I I cool mcdaniels is awful maybe he gets fired after the game and maybe dable's good and jones is back uh it, it would only be the raiders for me now that we're less than three and I, i'm i'm like forced to conclude that i think it's i think it's possible that what's going to happen here is everyone's going to sell the raiders and almost like ignore the giants and like what happened last week and how they've looked and how it hasn't you know it's been better for two weeks other than that the season's been a disaster and it's like no no no, no but that's cool because like the raiders are really bad everybody saw it the market moved aggressively, and when that happens, I'm either not playing the game or I'm playing against that, and that would be to bet the Raiders in this game as, as ridiculous as that sounds. Now, we, we still also have, like, a Giants injury report. They might get Andrew Thomas back. They might get Evan Neal yeah. back. Like, they might oh, have, like, a full-strength offense. This number's yeah. crashing. Oh. There's no way. Yeah. I think the Giants might close a favorite. Oh, well, well, I mean, in that case, then, I mean, like... The, it's two and game. a half. It can't be one yeah. the other way. It, it, it yeah. definitely can. Just, like, right. it just... Yeah. I, I do agree... That if I were just like opened my eyes one day this week and saw like Giants minus one, like I would also like want to bet the Raiders if that were the case. Yeah. Uh I I do think as a as a Giants fan, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. I don't think they're like uh, gonna go on some crazy run. I still don't think they're very good. I I do think the stars are kind of aligning for them to win this game. So I think I need to bet them like now, basically. Like I need to bet this now if I like the Giants, and I do like the Giants in the game. As I, I, I don't want to show up and like bet Giants minus one. I'd rather at least get a couple points. Um, I I want to make sure that Thomas is back. He's the most important. Neil is less important, but obviously you'd like for him to be back as well. Get this line at full strength. And then, well, also, like, the full strength. <laughs> like, what's Max Crosby going to do in this game? Like, yeah, regardless exactly. of who plays for the Giants. But yeah. it is, it's kind of a different Giants offense now. Like, Saquon's back now. Wandale's playing. 
Hyatt's playing. Also, we have to see about Darren Waller, who left with a hamstring injury. So there's a lot that still has to be figured out here. Maybe I'm being clouded a little bit by my Giants fandom. I do kind of feel like the Giants are going to win the game on Sunday, but we still have to figure out, Ken, like, I think the Giants injury report is going to tell us a lot. Like, what if we get to Friday and, like, none of the guys are playing? Waller's out, Thomas is out, Neal's out. Like, do, do you still think this is going to be less than three, or do you think this could go back up to Raiders minus three? Uh, I think it'll probably still be two and a half at that point. And I think there's, if there's a lot of optimism about who's going to play for the Giants and like, like Dable, like Jones is back at practice, right? But Dable hasn't said he's starting. He just said he's back at practice, right? But, and cleared for contact, which seemed to be like, that was like the biggest hurdle that he had to clear. I just mean like, there's no official, like Daniel Jones is starting. Like that hasn't No, I don't think like they haven't, that'll happen tomorrow, right? When Dable speaks to the media, I'm guessing. Yeah. My point would just be, and I know this sounds really stupid. I actually think you get more movement on that. I actually think like the, the, right. the confirmation yeah. that he's starting is like another is another thing. And I think the injury report has likely a, a definitely a way to break positively for the Giants. Just like I I want to believe you about the offense. And it's different now. And like, I still think the coaching staff is smart and probably because Dable won me so much money last year winning coach of the year. I, I and I, did, too, and I thought he was fair. a great coach last year. I do yeah. too. And I, and I think he blew the end of the game on Sunday, but like, I, I still think this is a good coaching staff. It's just like, okay, like, all right, the offense is really good. Uh, they play the commanders, they score 14 points. They play the Jets and like, it's the Jets defense and it's a, it's a rainstorm. And so like, you have all the excuses in the world uh, and they score 10 points. So it's just like, all right, may, honestly, maybe it's like a contrarian over in the game. Like they, you know, maybe, maybe like not even that they're due. That's like the wrong way to put it. Just that like these conditions for scoring are much better than some of the games that they face. Like Sunday night in Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor and the crowd going crazy and Jets defense in a rainstorm. Like this isn't that. Like you can move the ball on this team way, but maybe it's more like the Cardinals game where, you know, get you know, allow a bunch of points, score a bunch of points. Maybe that's what ends up happening in the game. I'm kind of talking myself into the over as I'm talking about it. It's pretty low number. Well, how about uh, the too. flip side? So. How about the flip side of the of, of the yeah. over bet? Like the other team, like the offense can, yeah. can never be worse than it was last night against Detroit. It yes. can't be. I agree. Uh, yeah, maybe it's the over instead of the Raiders. I just, uh, like I, I this year I've used the term week to week league just because everybody uses it. But uh, what I really mean by that is, you know, Obviously, like the markets for games are going to shift based on what happened the previous week. There just aren't that many games. So whatever happened the previous week is going to have an impact, whether you agree with that or not. Like it just does. Look at what happened with this game. It's having a dramatic impact. What happened last night and Daniel Jones. We went from one side of three to the other already. It's only Tuesday. And so what you have to kind of figure out, it's not always play against that. Like whatever that move is has to be wrong. It's more like, why is that doing that? Do I agree with that? So sometimes the line's going to move because it's like, man, have you seen the Panthers? They're awful. The line has to move. You'd be like, yeah, I think they're awful. I totally agree that the line has to move. And then sometimes in the middle of the season, I think you just get games like this where it's, yeah, like they were at Detroit and the Raiders have gotten absolutely blasted by a couple teams this year that were much better than them. They went to Buffalo and played a non-competitive football game. Like they're very capable of doing the type of stuff they did last night and then being competitive against equals. That's all I would say. So just, I would just keep that in mind. Like, don't let what happened last night completely cloud your judgment about what this game, home game Giants, not the same as at Detroit Monday night football. Opponent, not the same. Crowd, not the same. Circumstances, not the same. The Raiders can at least be competitive in this game. And the Raiders got bet in both of those games. Buffalo and Detroit yesterday didn't cover in either. Uh, I'm a little upset that the game last night went the way it did for many reasons. Most, first off, because I lost my bet. Second off, because I wanted to get three to bet the Giants here, and now I'm not going to get the chance because they were so bad last night. Uh, 
I'm, st I'm still going to find a way to bet the Giants somehow, some way. On the other side, Eagles and Cowboys from Philadelphia, our initial handicap. Here's Prescott. Over the middle, fires, caught CeeDee Lamb. Touchdown, Dallas. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Kevin Burkhart with the call this past weekend on, on Fox as Dallas rolls it up on the Los Angeles Rams breakout game for C.D. Lamb. And you kind of felt like that that, that was coming for, for C.D. Lamb, and it was in a big way. And the Cowboys won that game 43-20. to The Eagles beat the Commanders 38-31, setting up a titanic showdown on Sunday in Philadelphia with the Eagles and Dallas. We'll get to that game coming up in a second, but want to remind our live audience, especially people watching us on stadium right now, Greg Rosenthal from NFL Media, around the NFL podcast host, will join us next hour. Drew Densick stops by one hour from now, NBC Sports betting analyst, talking NFL and NBA. All our bets for tonight, power hour, final hour of the show. We'll also talk Heisman Trophy and how to bet that particular market right now. And we'll give you more fallout from the James Harden trade to the Clippers, focusing on Tyrese Maxey, maybe winning most improved player and other things resulting from James Harden getting traded from the Sixers to the Clippers coming up in the power hour, the final hour of the program. But for now, Jake, bring the music up here. Let's talk about this Eagles-Cowboys game. Actually, actually last thing on Giants Raiders, everything <laughs> you said, Ken, because no, like, like you're right about like everything that you said. And I actually think that I'm, I'm probably letting my fandom creep in a little bit here because it does feel like a great situation to play the Raiders. If the things that you think might happen, and I agree with you, if those things happen and the Giants continue to get bet and this is like a pick, I, I'm with you. If this is like two, any other two teams in the NFL and that's the setup, I'm probably in on the Raiders. I, I think my team... I think the Giants might, like, slam them on Sunday, which is probably a ridiculous thing to say because Max Crosby could single-handedly wreck the game. I well, think it's because like it's because of what you just watched. Like, who, but even, who but even could watch the Raiders? Yesterday, but even before, right, but I said who, on the show yesterday, I like the Giants in the game, no matter right. what happened last night. But this, but I mean, let's put it this way. Like, what happened last night is certainly going to galvanize you in your belief that they're going to get slammed. How, who could watch that game and come away being like, and to be fair, this is probably why the Raiders are valuable. Who could come away from that game last night and being like, man, what a team, those Raiders. Like, what a squad. You know, like, I just, of course not. The last thing you saw is them being the worst team ever. Quarterback's the worst. Coach is the worst. No yards. I mean, he was like two for four for eight yards in the third quarter. So I mean, it was just, it was ridiculous. So like, yes. Also, like they did, like they've gotten blitzed by really good teams before, like the, the Bills game. And so my point is, like, if they're going to get bet in this game, like they're playing the Lions or the Bills, then I, I do think that's a mistake. And I do think like pr proven to be competitive against the Packers against the Patriots, against like all these other, like they can't do that again. They really can't play the same game against the same team. They can't play, Garoppolo's playing. Can't, they can't do that against the Giants in a home game with a pick em number. Like they can't do that in the game. So just, that's where like, you kind of got to do your own analysis of like, all right, the number's moving and I get why. Do I agree with that? Like why or why not? And sometimes like line's going to move and I totally agree. Like, yeah, that, that team should get bet out or that team, like, you know, yeah, they, they were so bad that they do need to be adjusted a little bit or they were so good they need to be adjusted a little bit. We're, we're too far into the year for people to think the Raiders are bad. We're, we're there. Like we already know they're bad. It's just a different kind of an opponent, different kind of game. Give me Brian Dable, Josh McDaniel. Dable screws this one up. I'm out forever. 
I feel like he's not yeah. going to screw it up. Not this one. Oh, no, yeah. No. He gets out. He gets out. Fox by Josh McDaniels. It's over. Like, it's done. It's a wrap on Brian. Well, you know what he's, he's going to do in this game? Year. Now he's like, he's DB shell shot. He's going to go for it in a big spot and not get it. What is he? And like Max Crosby's going to come down the line and tackle somebody. Yeah. Is he Brandon Staley? I I, I, I do have some comment and maybe misplaced. I, I think the Giants will win on Sunday. We'll talk about this game more over the course of the week. But for now, can Eagles and Cowboys in Philly, Eagles, a three point home favorite total in the game is 46 pen, pencil, blood or blank Philly and Dallas. Well, I mean, a, a game that from a, <laughs> from a stakes standpoint, in, infinity more important, right? Like just a uh, lot of stuff in play division still like, probably in play i think the eagle i think a lot of people think the eagles probably end up winning it anyway but like you know the absolutely the nfc east is up for grabs if the nfc east is up for grabs and the niners are bad that means the one seed is still up for grabs and that means honestly and i this <laughs> didn't think we would do this with this game so we have we have chiefs dolphins in germany we have bills Bengals, which we haven't talked about yet and you have to look at this game and say also like the other two MVP candidates aside from those four and Lamar Jackson are playing in this game. And I know that's crazy now, but there could still be twists and turns in the MVP market. The scoring conditions in this game might end up being pretty good. I don't think Hertz or Dak are going to win, but like their teams have the, I mean, their teams have the likelihood to have good records more than the teams in the Bills Bengals game have likely they have the likelihood to have big records this year. So the stakes are very high. I guess that's the idea. You probably knew that already, but like there are a lot of markets, award markets, divisions uh, impacted by this one seed, all that kind of stuff. I just, I don't know what the angle is to think this shouldn't just be three, which it is. Like I, the Eagles are three point favorites. My number in the game is three. The game hasn't been bet at all or moved at all. The total hasn't been bet at all or moved at all. Do we maybe just kind of like, does everybody just think this is about good? This is good. Like, and there's no catalyst. There's no injury. There's no something that's going to upset this point spread potentially. I don't think we're, I don't think there's anything to do here, I guess is the problem. Oh, who's more likely to win? The Eagles by this amount. Cowboys are very alive to win. That's why they're only a three point underdog. I don't want to hear about them. Like they can definitely win too. Just what is, what is the angle to make a bet in this game? Uh, I can't come up with one right now. So I don't have a bet in the game. I, I don't disagree with you at all. I think the right number in the game is three. Also, I will say, I think if I were if I were to bet the side of the game, I'm curious if you agree, I would rather take three with Dallas than lay the three with Philadelphia and like build in for maybe Dallas winning the game, which I obviously think is possible. The betting market does as well. Like you said, it's only a three-point number. I think I would rather, if forced to choose, I think I'd rather take three with Dallas than lay three with Philadelphia. Well, I'm curious like what... Even uh, even to ask the question, like, what kind of game is this going to be, right? Because you said this in the chat, and correct me if I'm wrong, the two meetings last year, Cooper Rush started one for the Cowboys. That was a Sunday night football game, if I remember correctly. And then uh, Gardner Minshew started for the Eagles in the second meeting. That was the uh, uh, Sunday America's Game of the Week. That was the 425 game. Uh, we know because we bet a lot of money on the Dallas Cowboys at like and ne needed Minshew's final pass to sail through the end zone and complete in order to, to make that happen. And uh, so the point of that is sort of like at the height of the Eagles powers, which really starts last year, like made the playoffs the year before, but like they started being awesome last year. Uh, the teams haven't played each other with Dak and Hertz, both healthy and playing in the game. And you, you put that in the chat when we were talking about the last game, which is so interesting. And so like, we don't, even though I, I can be confident, like three for me, three for me is the right number in the game. We do have really no idea how the teams fit together with those two guys playing quarterback. Like, is it a high scoring game? Like what we saw with Minshew against Dak? Like, that was a banana scoring game. That was like a crazy game in Dallas late last year. Is this game like that game? 
or is this game a little more conservative? Why would that be the case? We we know a little bit about like the team quality. These teams have been good for a little bit, so we, we kind of know what they're supposed to be. But the quarterbacks and how they fit together here, it's actually interesting for a division rivalry where both teams were good last year too, there is that mystery of like, hmm, like what like what are the Cowboys gonna do like against Jalen Hurts? Like what adjustments are they gonna make? What are you know, what are the Eagles gonna do against Dak? Like it it only happened once and there was a backup for the other team. So the game plan might have been different. I, I do think that is an interesting wrinkle in this game, but again, like it, it doesn't really get me to a bet. I guess that's the problem. My gut, just to answer your question as to what type of game this is going to be in terms of scoring, my gut tells me that I that this game is gonna go over. Um, okay. two really two really good offensive lines that can help at least to mitigate really good pass rushes, maybe not completely stymie them, but at least mitigate them. I, I don't know if there's any defense in the league that's slowing down like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith at this point and slowing right. down Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense. And the Eagles offense. can run the ball. That's how you and beat Dallas, run, run the, the ball. ball right up the middle at them. Yeah. And, 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 and on the flip side, this Eagles secondary is nothing to write home about. It just isn't shredded last week by Sam Howell. And and I know they only allowed 17 points um, against Miami. Uh, Tyreek had a really nice game. They also couldn't run the ball. Like, Dallas is going to be able to hurt. run the ball more effectively. Waddle yeah. got hurt. Like, Dallas's offensive line is 50 times better than Miami's offensive line. Uh, Cowboys are going to be able to move the ball in this game. Uh, I think over would be my look if I had to bet the total. Yeah, and, and to be fair... I agree with everything that you said there, and I would also bet over if I had to bet the total. I'm just mindful of, like, it is 46 in a season where no one's scoring 46. Like, it is a pretty high total versus the other games on the board, but that doesn't mean this game, like, can't be unique, and just, like, you know, a lot of Dolphins games have been high-scoring games and other teams with big offenses. I agree with you. Like, maybe we do see something a little more like the Minshew game where there was like a ton of points and a ton of scoring, uh, you know, as opposed to like the dominant kind of uh, Eagles win over Cooper Rush earlier in the season. Which uh, which offense are you more confident in in this game? Like potentially putting up like a decent sized or big number? Uh, confident in putting up a big number? I mean, I, I, I would be really basic and just be like the Eagles because they're at home. And uh, but I but like I, I think the angle there is like, oh, well, you know, like what if Hertz is really banged up and what if Dallas can move the ball? Like maybe the answer is Dallas. I think the answer is kind of like both. But the Eagles have a natural advantage playing at home. Their offensive line is still excellent. Um, you know, again, like when Dallas uh, when Dallas played a team like this, they played San Francisco and they got completely bulldozed. So like, kind of like Miami, interesting test game. They can pass it like they're really good. Uh, again, I just. Try, struggling to be like, well, the market thinks this, and I think it's different than this. Totals very yeah. high versus a bunch of the other games. Yeah. Spreads three. Like, what again? Like, where is what is the bet? It's like I just I don't I don't really. You can't even be contrarian here and be like, well, Eagles like almost lost like <clears throat> lost last week and Dallas won by a lot. That's that's not like affecting this point spread. It would affect this point spread if this got bet down to two and a half. And then like, oh, like bullishness on the Cowboys off that win last week. Eagles look bad. You get a different number than you were kind of supposed to get. Then maybe it's the Eagles. But like three, like, no, I, I might be with you and take Dallas if it was three, if I had to. I just, again, like I can't have trouble making a bet in the game. Dallas in the over parlay just for fun? Yeah. I mean, if we're going to do just for fun, just for funsies. Uh, and, you know, it's Tuesday too. These two teams, these two teams, do to score a billion well, points. If it's well, if it's Tuesday, then like the Dallas, because Dallas would be hashtag more due than Philadelphia. True. Whereas like 
like Dak do to have a bad game. Or I think Tuesday. like this might be like Dak's due to like outplay like another like elite quarterback. I and think then, Dak's and then due. as people as our staff writes in the chat because they've all been on the show for a while and they're very funny people. Double cross, actually, it goes so, over. Actually, yeah, it just goes over the total. Actually, that's what. Or it is. or or the double cross is like Eagles win six nothing, like four nothing <laughs> on two safeties. Right. It's like, well, the double cross Tuesday. So it dub honestly, the double cross, like the Jake style is like double cross AJ Brown over, over receiving. All right. Hour number three coming up on the other side. More P squared B squared. How about Sunday night football? A banger in Cincinnati with the Bengals and the Bills.